every one of you who confesses Jesus as Lord of the universe signs up for a significance beyond anything you ever dreamed. And I mean business men and women here, homemakers, students, to belong to Jesus is to embrace the nations. Your heart was made for this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Made for Missions podcast, a ministry of 1-8 Catalyst, where we are pursuing the completion of the Great Commission worldwide. To learn more about our work or to listen to previous episodes, please visit our website at 1-8, spelled out in word form, catalyst.org. That's 1-8-catalyst.org. Thanks for joining us. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for this, the 84th episode of the Made for Missions podcast. I am your host, Mike Falkenstein, once again, hopefully for the final time for a while, flying solo without my co-host, Ken Watmore. And uh, part of the reason for that is Ken is off doing a, a really cool missions opportunity here locally. And so we've allowed him to... Uh, Go out and about and do that while I man the uh, the Made for Missions station here. And I'm very, very happy to bring you another interview episode, this time with Dave Myers, who is the president and CEO of a ministry called ZimZam Global. And I know what you're thinking right off the bat. What a unique name. ZimZam Learn. Why? The ministry is called ZimZam Global. He actually gives the reason why. And so I got to know about ZimZam Global again through the International Day for the Unreached. ZimZam Global is one of the partners in this alliance of ministries. And so, boy, when I saw him on the uh, the live stream, I thought, you know, I'd love to get to know that guy, and I'd love to have him on the podcast. So we ask, or I should say, I ask... Dave, the made for missions, three questions, and I love his answers. Um, I'll give only a brief introduction to ZimZam Global um, itself because Dave does a fantastic job. But on their website, if you go to zimzamglobal.org, their global their mission is to multiply healthy churches amongst all people through children, youth, and families. And so I think he's actually, as I mentioned towards the end of the, the interview, I think he's the, the, the ZimZam Global and uh, Dave and what they're doing at their ministry is the only uh, ministry that we've, or ministry leader that we've interviewed that is doing something specifically for children and youth. And so as he mentions towards the end, uh, end of the interview, what a fantastic ministry platform, really. So enjoy the interview. After it's over, I will come back with a few brief comments. Thank you so much for joining us uh, for this episode, and I'll be back here in a bit. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for this, the latest episode of the Made for Missions podcast. And today I am with Dave Myers, who is the president of a ministry called ZimZam Global, and Dave, I just we were just talking. I just learned about your ministry through your membership of the Alliance for the Unreached, this International Day for the Unreached, and yeah, just looking at your website, it seems like you guys are 
involved in multiple places around the world, and um, I'm thankful that you're here and uh, with us. Would you like to just give folks a quick overview of your ministry and what you guys are doing and where you're doing it and kind of the uh, kind of the mission vision of uh, of what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's a pleasure to be with you. Uh, thanks so much for the wonderful opportunity to just talk to uh, a bit today and uh, with the audience out there that might be listening to the podcast here. And uh, probably the first thing that people say to us, wow, what a unique name. <laughs> they, mm, they've not, right. they've not heard, heard this kind of name, Zimzam Global. Where does that come from? Well, uh, my wife and I have been involved in global church planning ministries our, our entire married life over 30 years. And so we, you know, had been involved in exclusively working among unreached people groups around the world, those uh, most marginalized and, you know, the, of the least access to the gospel, don't even know a Christian, have never met a Christian. And so that's been our world. And we've, we've known that, you know, so many uh, people groups like that, thousands of them made, it, made up of millions and millions of people, you know, they're unreached because of all kinds of issues, whether it's religious personal, political, geographical, whatever it is, they're just really, really dark places. And so we also knew that in order to get into those areas, probably uh, the way God does it, he also raises up some unique different ministries at different times for accomplishing his his purposes. And so we kind of just sensed and saw that maybe a new creative approach could be considered and how we can be a part of fulfilling the Great Commission and getting the gospel out into those really dark, you know, hard places. And so we were invited, actually, um, about five years ago. I was invited, my family, along with some other leaders, we were invited to go down and meet with some other leaders in Southeast Africa, in Zimbabwe Hmm. and Zambia. And those were places that I had not been to. Um, you know, down in Southeast Africa, I had spent most of my time up in, you know, North Africa, you know, 1040 window area there across the world. And when we were there, just meeting with leaders and hearing what God was doing in that part of the world and just seeing what the spirit of God was doing in people's lives, they just said to me and our team that was there, a few of us, Hey, we call ourselves here, the Zimzam countries down here. And since you guys since you guys are visiting from the U.S. and you're going to be in Zimbabwe, Zim, and Zambia, Zam, can we just call you the Zimzam group? So <laughs> that's where the name came from. We didn't create this name from the West. It actually was given to us by our African colleagues and, and leaders in, awesome. in East Africa. And so we went down to Zimbabwe and Zambia and just saw amazing things what God was doing area, an area, but so, so needy, um, and just in so many areas. And we also saw the incredible explosive growth of children and youth in Africa. And so anyway, so that's a little bit of where the name came from. We were named by our African colleagues. And when we, we came back uh, to the U S with tell, we're telling our story, you know, to, churches and, and ministry partners and donors, they said, why don't you call yourself the Zimzam team? I'm like, what? The Zimzam team. And so um, it was kind of catchy. People liked it, you know, and you know how hard it is yeah. to like name something, say name something these days. Right. And yeah, so definitely. anyway, yeah, yeah. So we wanted something also that didn't sound like the church. 
And it didn't sound like a religious group or a parachurch. It could be a company. It could be a medical medical company. It could be a candy company, something that was not going to cause people to go, oh, here comes this, this Christian group or this church group or whatever. And with the day and age that we're, that we're in globally, we want to do everything we can to work smart and be wise. And so anyway, we didn't have any competition for the name Zimzam Global. <laughs> There was there was no oh, one else right. out there. So yeah. So anyway, we you know went through the process and and named ourselves Zimzam Global, and then we were sent out. We were commissioned a Christ Community Church out of Zimbabwe to go across Africa and bring our unique uh, ministry, uh, being named and being sent by our African colleagues. And so that was that was significant and, and important for us. And so basically what we what we discovered and saw is the fact that what we call the Great Commission, which is a relatively new term, only hundred or two hundred years old, what we saw there in the Great Commission, those passages that, that that God has given us as believers there, we saw the great need and opportunity for those that don't have access to the gospel. And then we discovered we discovered the explosive growth of children and youth, particularly out of Africa. That's just unbelievable to put our minds around it. I'll just give you a little bit of an example here. Like about 1.2 billion people in Africa. And those that are way smarter than me that, that study this and figure this out, they say in the next 30 to 40 years, Africa will grow to three to four billion people. Can you believe that? Wow. That's and something. One half of them, 50% of them, of that 3 to 4 billion, let's just say 1.5 billion will be under the age of 15 years old. Hmm. That's, that's three times the size of the United States here. And so we right. just wondered and saw, hey, you know what? We just wondered and saw that uh, there's all kinds of people that are using the strategy of children and youth. And you see it. You see it you know, in that part of the world. You see it happen in the Middle East. You see it happen in, you know, all over North Africa. And you see, you read it in the headlines. I mean, recently in headlines, I, I read that, you know, Africa had become the new battleground for, for ISIS and Al-Qaeda as they were being diminished in the Middle East. And so the offshoots of that then is now stronger in Africa than Al-Qaeda had been in the Middle East. Those are some recent headlines uh, in, the, in the news. and. I hope that as believers that we are here with kind of the the news or the podcast or the newspaper, whatever, in one hand and the Bible, you know, in the other. And mm. with those type of headlines, that should cause us just great concern uh, for the global church, you know, especially as the forces of evil, the enemy, continue to uh, go after children and youth across Africa. And um, that should cause us to be deeply concerned uh, for that strategy. The enemy knows that strategy. And so that's, that's what we discovered in ZimZam Global is that we have an opportunity here to kind of bring together, if I could say, that 1040 window uh, across the world of the least reached, and then that explosive growth of that 414 age group window. And maybe that age group would be a key to helping to unlock and fulfill the Great Commission. And so those are the then the, the beginning seeds of the birth of, of ZimZam Global. Wow, that's really exciting. Uh, 
<laughs> and if you're interested, I'd really love to even have another time with you to talk more about that because yeah, that's a that's a strategy. I mean, it really is as you were talking about this 414 window, which I've n- I had yeah. never heard uh before. Right. I mean, it's kind of the same idea as, you know, even what we do here in the US with the uh uh the VBS uh, program that we have in our churches, right? right. This idea right. that if you're reaching these kids, and then that Friday you're having the uh, of the of the week of VBS, you're having the the parents come, and the kids have had such a great time, and we're impacted that you, know, you can really reach the parents and yeah, the kids. Well, so I'm assuming and, you guys uh, see that in your ministry. Well, absolutely, you know, absolutely, and um, I, you know, it's, I didn't come up with it; I just used it you know, all, all over the place. Right. But, uh, you know, God's told us to preach the gospel with all creation, right? And mm-hmm. yet about 70% of the world are oral learners these days, and we, we, we neglected the majority of them. About 60 to 70% of, of kids that if they have an opportunity to accept Christ before the age of 19, they do it. But as a church, we don't really prioritize that. We kind of say, you know what, who who can work with the kids? Is there anybody? Uh, versus saying it's a priority. We want our best right. people. We want our best teachers. We want our best resources. We're going to put our best funding in this. Why? Just from a practical reason, you're going to have the greatest results. Oh, right. Yeah. So, well, that's exciting. I'm excited to hear what you guys are doing and the strategy and so, Dave, as you and I have talked about, we have with our podcast uh, three questions that we like to ask all the folks who, you know, who come on the podcast. Kind of this idea is, is that, you know, as we're getting a multiple answers from a lot of people about these three right. questions that, you right. know, we have very, a very broad and hopefully very deep sort of, you know, understanding. And so... Since we have a heart to uh, train Western Christians towards Great Commission fulfillment, uh, I'd be really interested to know what you think about about them. So let's start with question one, and I'm real interested mm-hmm. to hear what you think. So question yeah. one is, given the passages of Scripture that address the Great Commission, do you believe that the Great Commission is a command that Jesus gives to all Christians? Yeah, yeah, sure. No. Yeah, that's a good question. And is there's kind of a there's kind of an interesting thought going on these days, and that is that there's kind of a little bit of a movement, if I could say it that way, in the West that that was that was really giving for given towards the church past. It was a cultural thing given to just the disciples, and so much mm-hmm. so there was a recent study. And I don't know if you saw it or not that George Barna came out with that you yeah. know fifty to sixty fifty one to fifty five percent or something evangelical Christians or whatever couldn't really didn't even know what the Great Commission was. Mm. And that should be alarming, alarming to all of us. But you're coming back to your question here as far as these these passages, that absolutely it's, you know, Jesus' last command, his last words uh, before he, he left this earth and left the heaven. If it's his last words, then you should, like, pay attention. <laughs> You know, yeah, pay attention. Pay attention, right? Yeah. yeah, pay attention here to to Jesus here in his last in his last last words to us. And uh, you know, several thousand years ago, obviously that happened. And Jesus told those twelve those those eleven disciples there uh, what his was on his heart, what he wanted them to do. And 
you know, there's five main Great Commission passages that most people can quote and talk about. But those passages there, Jesus tells us what we're to do and where we're to go. Okay, mm-hmm. no, that's significant. That that's is. significant. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he's saying, this is what I want you to do. Not only my 11 disciples here, but this command for us as believers today. And this is where I want you to, to do it. He was very definite about it. And then mm-hmm. he was so definite about it, those writers then, they wrote it under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, kind of their take, you know, on that. And, you know, whether it was, you know, Matthew in 28 or Mark in 16 or Luke in 24 or John in 20 or Acts 1, right? all of those give a specific take on it. And mm. I think the audience would want to know this, like, well, what does he say and where does he want us to go? Well, Matthew 28, Jesus defines very clearly there the depth of the Great Commission, right? And right. He, he, he talks about the depth of it. In Mark 16, he emphasizes the breadth and the quantity of it. In Luke 24, he, he, he shows us the surety of it, if I can say it that way. Mm-hmm. He says, says what, what, what's going to happen? And then John 20, he gives us the model, the model uh, of the Great Commission. And then Acts chapter 1 then talks about where the extent of it. So he's pretty definite. He's pretty definite. He's pretty specific. He tells us what he wants to do, where he wants us to go. And then he's very intent about that in those passages. Now, that's right. I think that's a good, uh, that's a good reply because... Yeah, there was. There should really be no question as to what we are supposed to do and where we're where we're supposed to go, right? No, and so, no, uh, no. and we often use those same five passages, and then you uh, you have others that, yeah, it seems like it's a very clear command, right? So, so that well, brings and I us think to the, the and, and well, and I think the language he's using too. I think people get this a little bit mixed up. Well, you know what? Um, God's got me right here, and you know I, I don't think that I've got the calling to go over there. And the, the thing that Jesus was saying to those disciples was this: While you're out there, while you're mm. out there going, yes. not while you're sitting here, while you're out there going, <laughs> I want you to make disciples. So it's assumed, it's assumed that we are out there going, and we're supposed to be making disciples. If you're not out there going, you're not fulfilling His commandment. That's right. And, you know, as you and I were talking before we started our interview, um, you can make disciples on your street where you live. Uh, not all people right. are called to go overseas, right? So, or your work uh, place or, right. I mean, if you have the, if you've received the gospel, I think certainly there's a responsibility then to, and not, not just even a responsibility to share it, but as I've often said, gosh, when we assess what what Jesus really did for us on the cross, and then we accept that in our own lives. We right. want to share it, right? It's like I right. have to tell you about this, what Jesus right. did in my life, right? So, yeah. uh, absolutely, absolutely. I think it's the greatest thing that can happen is just sharing your own story. Yeah, that's right. And we each have our own story to share that it's hard for others to refute because it's what has happened to us for sure. So, yeah. All right. So now that we've gotten your response to question one, of course, the, we get a little bit deeper in this, in our question two, which is 
if the Great Commission is a command that Jesus gives to all Christians, then question two is, furthermore, what is the follower of Jesus's responsibility in knowing about the Great Commission and his or her responsibility to obey it, uh, especially given passages like John fourteen fifteen, where Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. Yeah, no, that's that, that's great. I'm glad that you tied in the two uh, Great Commission with the the Great Commandment. That's a great passage in John 14. And I and I would just say it this way. And again, I'm not smart enough and creative enough to come up with all this stuff by myself. But things that I've used, taught, read, spoken at, uh, you know, discipled others on is you know the Great Commandment. The way I look at it is the Great Commandment tells us basically who we are to love. Okay. Mm-hmm and how, right? Tells us who we are to love and how. So, you know, when Jesus was, you know, asked about the greatest commandment, and he replied, hey, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength and love your neighbor as yourself, right? Tells us who Mm -hmm. and how. And then Mm -hmm. the second one was like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. So he gave us clear commands just like he did in the Great Commission there, gave us clear commands there as to the people we are to love. John 14, 15, you mentioned that there. We're to love God, yeah, right? Yeah. And then you, you look before that, John 13, love your neighbor. And then you go over to passages like, uh, I think it's Matthew 25, love strangers. Mm-hmm. Then he really hammers us. He really hammers us in, over in uh, the book of uh, Luke, around chapter 6 and 7, I think right in there is, this is a tough one. Love your enemies. So he's pretty he's pretty, he's pretty clear there, right? Who are we to love and how? Right? How how deep and extensive that is, everything from, from loving God, our neighbor, strangers, and even our enemies. So that's how I would right. I guess think about the great commandment. Mm, that's great. That's great. So if the Great Commission is a command for all Christians, and then, of course, we have this uh, Jesus saying, if you love me, you'll obey my commands, right? It gets kind of to our third question, which is, finally, for the average, what we call average Joe or Jane Christian, just your average congregation member out there, maybe people that are listening to the podcast, uh, what are the top ways you would suggest for them to see uh, Great Commission fulfillment in his or her life? Well, I think I think first and foremost, it's it's not something that we do. I could say it this way: it's becoming someone that we are. It's how are you becoming more like Him? And meaning this here, and that is, how are you loving God, and how are you allowing Him to love you deeply every day? Do you believe that? Do you believe that He just absolutely loves you so deeply? Mm-hmm. Do you actually believe that? And are you allowing that? Are you setting some time aside every day where you can actually listen to his word, hear his spirit, and experience his love for you on a day-to-day basis? And I just want to keep it simple and practical that way. Like the top way, honestly, and that is all that we do is an outflow of who we are and how we're becoming a mature disciple Mm -hmm. of Christ. And so how are you being loved by God and how are you loving him every day? And then don't worry about, honestly, what's happening around the world. When you walk out your door in the morning, and how are you looking for the opportunities to love your neighbor? As a matter of fact, do you even know who your neighbors are? Do you know their names? Do you know their families' names? Do you know their kids' names? Mm. Do you know what's even happening 
in their lives? Can you even name the name of your neighbors? Okay. So if you can't, I would start there and just, you know, loving them. And mm. then if you're at that, as you're at that stoplight and you see somebody that maybe a beggar on the street or somebody in need, how are you loving them? One of the things that my family and I do, we have these God bags that we give out. In our God oh. bag is a thing of, thing of water, a little, a little card here for McDonald's, a snack to eat, and a little scripture portion. And these are our God bags that we give out to people when we're stopping the stoplight there. Mm. And so, you know, it's just one little practical way to keep before us, how do we love strangers? And then the tough one is, you know, our enemies. Most of us don't really have the kind of enemies that the majority of our brothers and sisters have around the world. Okay. Yeah, that's right. We we just don't. So I would just say, like, the top ways to fulfill the Great Commission, honestly, is how are you practicing the presence of God in your life on loving Him, your neighbor, your strangers, and your enemies? And then just something practically I do, to be honest with you, I have my phone set for two times a day. And that is every every day I need something to jolt me into reality to to make sure that I'm not get, getting transformed by this world, that I'm continuing to be transformed by the Spirit of God. And I have two things that I set on my my phone every day that jolt me into reality. One is at at 10:40 a.m., which is 10 minutes from now, it jolts me. A little alarm comes up to remind me to think about and pray for the 1040 window of least reached people groups around the world at 1040 AM. It just stops me in my track. Oh, Dave, are you, are you thinking time. about this? Are you praying about this? Right. Mm-hmm. And then at 414 in the afternoon, jolts me into reality. Dave, are you thinking about that, that 414 age group window of those that if they have the opportunity to hear the gospel, they'll believe. And so those are just two practical things that jolt me out of my day-to-day activities that jolt me out of make sure I'm not being uh, conformed to this world, but continue to be transformed. So those are just two practical things that I've done uh, to help me stay centered as well. That's really great. And you're really speaking our language here at the <laughs> Made for Mission podcast, because we actually have, I'd have to go back and look, but we have two or three episodes that just talk about kind of how to reach your neighbors. And uh, we, yeah. we hit on that quite a bit. That, um, And in fact, um, a lot of people think that the way that you, only way you can really be effective is somehow to get on a plane and go overseas and whatnot. But man, if your uh, neighborhood is anything like where I live here in the Denver area, uh, we have unbelieving people all around us, you know, and uh, that's really a first step. And uh, to... Just be uh, intentional there, and I think actually for those that are eventually being called into full-time ministry, I know more and more missionary sending agencies are, as a part of their interview process, are actually asking people who want to, who feel called to go overseas, uh, okay, what are you doing right where you live, right? The idea being, you're not going to there's nothing about a plane ride that's going to make you effective, right? You got to be doing it here first. It's got to be in you here first before you can go to these other places. So, um, well, and I travel around the world all the time. I've been in like 70 countries and um, I'm into Asia three or four times a year. But let me just tell you something. Uh, the Scottsdale Phoenix area here has become the fifth largest metro area in the U.S. now. And we're, we're at about 4.7, going to be 5 million people. Guess what? 
90 percent wow. unchurched wow and it sounds so like a missions field i can walk out the door go down the street and i can i can meet up with people from africa middle east every day mm. out here every day out here and matter of fact one of the largest refugee camps in east africa the place that they're being relocated to is central phoenix here and so oh, really? um Oh, yeah. 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 So, you know, it's, you know, great opportunity that way. And the thing I would challenge the audience with is get Mm -hmm. moving and get going. And if God doesn't want you to do that, he's got a way to stop you. That's Um, right. The problem is most people don't get going and get started, you know. And so all I'm saying is practicing the presence of God in your life and loving him and allowing him to love you, loving your neighbor, love strangers, love enemies. And then a couple of practical things to make sure that you're continuing to break the selfishness and self-centered cycle that most of America's face, most most people face, and that is that's what I did. You know, my my phone wakes me up and alerts me at at ten forty a.m. and at four fourteen p.m. You know, so anyway, that's great. Well, I really appreciate uh, your perspective and your answers. Uh, very very good stuff. I'm wondering, Dave, for those that want to learn more about your ministry, what are the best ways for them to get in touch with you guys or learn about you? I'm sure you've got a website and maybe Twitter and however else you'd like people to get in touch with you guys. Probably our two best places, obviously, is ZimZam Global, even ZZG, ZimZam Global. You just Google that and there's nothing else that's going to come up but us. Right. So that, that, that's one reason uh, that we did it. So you can go to our website. Uh, we've got an active Facebook uh, site as well as Zimzam Global. And those are the, the two best ways. And uh, okay. yeah, come in and check us out and find out, uh, you know, uh, Zimzam Global. Our, our vision is a church for every child globally. Wow. And the strategy that we do that is that we train global leaders to know how to plant churches through discipling children in their community. And we call this our church planning remix strategy. Instead of going from the top down, we go from the bottom up. And I can't necessarily prove it theologically, but I just find it interesting that God, when he came the first time to earth, he could have come in all kinds of different ways and means, but guess he came in the form of a babe, right? That's right. Uh, In a manger among the global poor. And it would be just like God, I think. I can't prove it. Don't quote me on it, but it'd be just like God to usher in his second coming and to being led by the global church, the global poor, and the marginalized, and the ones that are leading the way are the children and youth of the world. That would be just like God to do something like that, because all of us know that God speaks so much about childlike faith and how much he views children. And so, yeah, so that's a little bit about ZimZam Global, how you can find out about us. We'd love to talk to you more. Okay, great. Uh, you can send us a, uh, an email through the website as well. Okay, great. Well, Dave, I really appreciate uh, you being with us. And yes, let's get uh, together again at some point and talk about this 414, you know, strategy. And uh, yeah. I will look forward to having you back. Okay. Thanks so much for your time. God bless you guys and uh, have a great day. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Dave Myers. And if you enjoyed it half as much as I did, you really enjoyed it because I really thought that Dave did a fantastic job. What a 
great opportunity to have him on the podcast, and I cannot wait for the opportunity to learn more about ZimZam Global. Um, unfortunately, I am not in Phoenix often, but I will make a point to uh, to be there. We do have some donors and some friends there, and I look forward to getting to know Dave better. Again, let me recommend that you go to zimzamglobal.org and learn more about their ministry. And uh, you can like them on Facebook and Twitter. Those links are right on their website as well. And so, yes, please check them out. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us for this, the 84th episode of the podcast. Again, I'm at, uh, on Twitter, I'm at Missions Mike. Please find me there. Of course, our website is uh, 18catalyst.org, and my co-host, Ken Watmore, who will be with me, uh, back with me for the 85th episode of the podcast, is at Ken Watmore. May I encourage you to contact him there. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll look forward to seeing you for the 86th episode of the Made for Missions podcast. <music>